This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. I want to start off asking you about the police department. Uh, you have been on the past, and we've talked about some of the issues that sort of have enveloped the uh, Troy Police Department over time. Uh, what steps are being taken to train officers in so-called community policing? Well, uh, Bob, it's it's not that new training needs to occur. Uh, training that supports community policing is already incorporated in the academy that the new recruits go to. Uh, as well as our in-service training that is provided uh, throughout the course of the year to existing officers. Uh, Community policing is really more about how we deploy our officers. Are we giving them the opportunity to get out and form more intimate relationships with the members of the community? And that's really the essence of community policing. The training is there. It's just the opportunity to use it um, is uh, we need to make that more readily available. Another big aspect, you've stated you'd like to hire more police officers. Is that possible given the city's financial situation? Let me clarify that. I haven't actually said we need to increase the size of the police force. I've said the force size is something that we need to look at. The, The current strength, to my knowledge, is not based on an analysis of what our needs are. And you know, I'm a facts oriented guy. I love to see statistics and numbers. Um, the current force size is probably uh, based on uh, budgetary factors that were relevant one or two decades ago. So I think it's time to gather the facts. I think it's time to sit down and take a look at what do we need? What does a city the size of Troy with the um, uh, current configuration, what's the ideal sized police force? And if we need a larger police force, then we have a community dialogue around that. And then we put a plan in place to get there. It's obviously not something that can happen overnight, but if you don't plan, um, you know, we're never going to get to exactly what it is that we need. How's the new police chief, uh, Brian Owens, doing? Well, I think he's doing well. He he may, like me, have second thoughts about the job. <laughs> you know, you get in there and uh, you're sort of overwhelmed by everything that's changing. Um, but he's, a, he's a, a very good man, smart. He's committed to the community policing model. He interacts well with the community. He has the respect of the department. Um, so it, it's going to take a little time for him to get comfortable in the, in the seat and get his feet under him, but I am confident that he's going to do well, very well for the citizens of Troy. Well, let's go to downtown Troy and the issue of downtown parking. What's the city doing to improve the parking situation downtown? Well, we have a new parking plan that we're rolling out over the course of the next couple of months. And the goal of the plan really is to make it easier to park in downtown Troy. Uh, it's not an effort to raise more funds. Uh, Troy it has, as everybody knows, a very vibrant and bustling downtown. Lots of people visit our downtown on a weekly basis. And like any city, parking is, is a limited commodity. Uh, generally speaking, it, and it's very expensive to add to that uh, inventory of parking. So, um, you know, our question is how do we best manage that commodity to meet everybody's needs? And that's what we're pursuing. So it may be setting aside conveniently located spots for and directing visitors to those spots. And that helps our merchants and downtown's businesses whose customers drive to our city and using technology to assist people in locating available parking and paying for that parking. You mean like GPS and s- Yeah, GPS like and, and pay online uh, systems and, and perhaps cameras eventually 
uh, so that people can see where uh, vacant spots are. This was in the coverage of the story. I don't know if it was you had said this, but there seems to be a difference between suburbanites, let's say, who are coming to downtown Troy for something, you know, mm-hmm. restaurant, show, or shop, or whatever, and they're reluctant to park on the street, or they're not good at parking on the street. Uh, and then there are people who live there who were plenty, you know, who know how to do that. Yeah, that's a, actually that's a great observation. You know, we we talk about uh, how the malls provide convenient parking, but you know, the last time I went to a mall, I, I parked out in the middle of the parking lot, and then I had to walk to the mall, and then I had to walk halfway down right. the mall to get to the store I wanted to. And that's uh, that walking is much further than if I was parking in a downtown environment. However, when you pull into a mall parking lot, you can see the spot. Mm. And, and that gives you a sense, oh, there's parking here. When you're it, in a city environment, mm-hmm. you don't see the spot. You have to drive around looking for it. So it, it's more frustrating from the, uh, from the uh, as a human endeavor. And you have to parallel park. And or you often have to parallel you do, park. You Although to, more and more cars yeah. now parallel park for you. So oh, that really? may not be an issue in the future. Then, okay. Mine doesn't. But <laughs> well, speaking about modern cars um, and electric cars, the city of Troy has put in an electric car charging station. We did. We did that in our uh, parking uh, facility on Fifth Avenue. It's the first city-owned uh, EV charging station. There are others in the community. Uh, but I think, you know, I liken this to what happened uh, probably 100, 125 years ago uh, when there wasn't a network of uh, petroleum stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were building out that network at that time so that people could drive beyond their neighborhood. They could take a trip across the county or across the state. We're doing that now with um, electric charging stations, and this is just the beginning. Uh, we'll be putting more charging stations uh, throughout the city and, and supporting the development of um, alternatively fueled vehicle transportation. You know how it works? I mean, you probably don't have an electric car. Well, I did, you actually. Did? I, right. My last car was a, a plug-in Prius, and uh, that design gave you the first 12 or 15 miles on the battery before the, the engine kicked in. And it was great because I lived two miles from home um, – or two miles from work, rather. Um, and uh, so in the summer when I didn't need heat in the car, I'd go, you know, maybe a week or two without my mm. engine starting. I was getting 175 miles per gallon. Mm. Uh, and I thought the greatest compliment would be to put solar panels on the roof and charge my car from the roof. But but when I got this job and the lease ran out on the Prius, I thought it was imperative to have four-wheel drive. So I don't have a Prius anymore, I'm sorry to say. Okay. You, you just mentioned solar panels. Yes. Uh, this week uh, you made an announcement about the completion of part of a solar energy project that the city has, I mean, solar panels to generate electricity. Correct. Yep. So we have completed the first phase of the solar panel installation. And right now we're, from that, we're deriving about 20% of our municipal electric use from the sun. We will be uh, beginning the second phase of uh, our solar solarization I don't know if that's a word, but right. um, and that will uh, actually be a larger array. It'll be positioned on the former Troy landfill, which is a site we can't use for anything else. And uh, when that is completed, we'll be upwards of 40 percent of our municipal uh, electric need uh, supplied by the sun. And uh, by uh, deploying some energy-saving measures, that number may actually approach 50 percent. So I think that's mm-hmm. a great accomplishment for any city. So um, terrific news. The um, 
uh, announcement this past week was about um, solar panels at Freer Park, though, right, or at the ice yes. rink? Yes, yep, something. that's part of the first phase. We have them on our ice rinks, and we have some uh, solar panels on the uh, landfill already. So they're providing, uh, I think it's about 2.1 to 2.4 megawatts of power, again, which is about 20% of our municipal need. Mm. Speaking of uh, parks, uh, the uh, Troy Golf Course, you have a municipal golf course in Troy. It opened this week. I know that people were glad to see the weather finally warm up uh, this past week. Well, I was thrilled because it it, it certainly impacts the golf course revenues, but it was just, uh, you know, the weather's been getting everybody down, and it was terrific. Yesterday, we opened the golf course. It was a gorgeous day. I don't even golf, and I wanted to stay there all day, so... (laughs) Uh, the course looks great. Uh, we have new equipment, a new course manager. So uh, we're looking forward to a good year at the Troy Golf Course this year. Does the golf course support itself? Well, that's a good question, and it's something we're looking to answer. The city has never uh, kept its books in a fashion where you can isolate out various enterprises and see mm. um, how you fare. Uh, we have made some recent changes and we'll be tracking the uh, golf course, the ice rinks, uh, various things uh, much more closely so that we can, and precisely so that we can tell, does the golf course make money? Uh, it, it doesn't make a ton of money if it's making money right now. It's an expensive operation to run. It's very weather dependent. Um, but we're looking, uh, we're looking at those numbers, trying to develop those numbers now and looking how to squeeze efficiencies and be better at what it is that we do, not just at the golf course, mm. but uh, across the board. But you, the golf course has been there a, a long time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I've forgotten the exact date, but it's, uh, it's over 80 years old at really? this point. Our guest is Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. We're just talking about uh, the golf course park. Another park has been uh, in the news this past week. Uh, Troy dedicated its riverfront park last weekend uh, to the memory of a longtime city official. Can you uh, talk about that? I can indeed. Bill Chamberlain uh, was a city uh, employee for uh, 30 years, um, and he um, uh, most recently was the director of operations for the city. He was tragically uh, murdered just uh, two or three weeks before I assumed office, and uh, Bill was a Bill was a great guy, and did uh, an enormous amount for the city. He uh, had his fingers in every department in terms of projects or processes. Um, he I called him the man behind the curtain in City Hall, uh, and I'm very disappointed. I, I've known Bill for about thirty years from my other job, but I never got a chance to work with him in City Hall. So. Uh, this past weekend, we dedicated Riverfront Park in his memory. It was a great ceremony, uh, a terrific turnout. I think the family was was very pleased. Um, it was just it was a terrific event. Mm. And this is, uh, obviously is on the on the river. It's yes. a big big park, or yeah, well, it's it's a good sized park. Yes, it's where uh, Rocket on the River occurs and some of our other summertime events. And Mr. Chamberlain, did the police? Uh, arrest somebody and was that person convicted? In this yes, case? the individual uh, was arrested and uh, charged, arrested and convicted, um, and so that was uh, uh, that concluded several months ago. And so this seemed to be the appropriate time then to go ahead with a dedication. Let me bring up the issue of garbage disposal. It's a big problem in uh, most communities, and your administration wants to have a plan in place 
to deal with garbage uh, by the time the preliminary 2019 budget is unveiled in October. And uh, this is in the little background. Uh, there's a fairly new $160 trash fee per housing unit, which a number of people have complained about. What about what are some of your ideas about handling Troy's garbage? Well, I think this all emanates from the fact that we see a time in the not too distant future where landfills will be closing, and uh, we need to uh, uh, we need to more uh, I guess more responsibly deal with our solid waste, and we're trying to move the city in that direction. City of Troy has a very low rate of recycling. Uh, we're about six percent by mm-hmm. by weight. Most cities are around twenty to twenty five percent. So we're woefully behind the curve on that. And the reason for that is we've never uh, we've never pushed a recycling initiative, uh, uh, not at least not in the past ten or twelve years. And um, you know we've never tied the economic consequences to solid waste to uh, those who generate the waste. So we're trying to link the cost of solid waste with the utilization of the service. Uh, I don't want to be in a situation where in three or four years' time our tipping fees, the the, the amount you pay to get rid of your trash, uh, quadruples suddenly and people are surprised. Uh, we're trying to get ahead of that. We're trying to anticipate um, where that market is going. So we do have a solid waste disposal fee, which is new this year, and it ties uh, that fee is tied directly uh, to what it costs us to to deal with solid waste. And that creates an incentive for people to recycle more. The more you recycle, the less solid waste we're dealing with, the, 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 uh, and the fee will be reduced accordingly. We are, uh, at this point in time, we're soliciting uh, participation from neighborhood organizations around the city uh, to a task force, which will help us assess various options and create a plan for moving forward. Each neighborhood is different. Each neighborhood is going to have mm-hmm. different challenges in terms of dealing with solid waste. So we want to get that input from the various neighborhoods. That's a critical part of our uh, of our efforts. Mm-hmm. The, the city of Troy collects the garbage itself. I mean, part we do. Your, we we yeah. collect the garbage at this time. Yep. Yeah. With the the recycling that you do, uh, I know where I'm, I live in in, this, in a suburb. We have single stream recycling. You know, two yes. cans. Do you, yep. you have that? We do. We have single stream. I think most most communities have moved to single stream now because the technology and the machinery in the processing plants is sophisticated enough to separate those things out. I still separate. I just, you know, I'm stuck in the old habit, but uh, but it's not necessary. It's all single stream now. I can't figure out why it's not necessary, but I'm certainly glad to I, see they, it. They make it happen, but yeah. so I'm happy with that. So um, the garbage then goes to landfills or a landfill? Yes. The garbage currently gets weighed and we're charged uh, by weight uh, for what goes into the landfill. So if we could uh, increase our recycling to even a statewide average um, and if we could uh, roll out an effective composting program, uh, compostable um, food waste constitutes about 30 percent of the waste stream. Uh, We might be able to cut in half the amount that's going to the landfills if we could uh, achieve both of those things. And I think that that would be great for the environment, but it would also be great for our pocketbook. And it would give us some stability moving forward in terms of uh, the cost of solid waste management. Another, uh, I guess, life issue, if you will, uh, smoke alarms. The American Red Cross is uh, 
uh, planning its largest local home fire safety and smoke alarm installation event ever on Saturday, May 5th. And Troy will be taking part, as I understand it. Yes, Troy, Albany, and Schenectady. And the goal is to install 1,000 smoke alarms, uh, smoke detectors, uh, during that period of, uh, during that weekend. So we are looking for both volunteers to help with the installation and uh, residents who might need a smoke alarm installed. And I'd I'd urge people to go to the American Red Cross of Northeastern New York uh, website, and you can find out how to sign up to help. There will be training uh, and you can also sign up if you need a, um, a smoke detector uh, installed in your home. Sounds good. Now, the uh, winter is concluding, uh, but I did want to ask you about a story I saw about the ice rink, the Knickerbocker Ice Rink in Troy. Uh, the ice-making facilities may be replaced for an estimated $1 million. How will that be paid for? Well, it's not a done deal yet. We're still looking at options there. The ice rink is 28 years old now. It had a lifespan of 25 to 30 years. In addition, the cooling system that we use there is still a Freon-based system, and the production or importation of Freon uh, will be illegal in about uh, 18 months. So it doesn't seem to make sense to me to put a lot of money into the current system uh, to repair it and get it running again. The other option would, well, the two other options would be to not have an ice rink or to replace the entire system at a cost of about a million dollars. So uh, the the goal is to uh, uh, try to put that amenity back into place at the least cost to taxpayers. We're looking at various options, and um, in keeping with my style, you can imagine that we'll uh, move ahead very thoughtfully on that. Mm. Is this Troy's only ice rink, is, or is this? No, th- this is one of two. We also have one in Freer Park. Freer Park. Yep, and that does not use the Freon system, so um, we can keep that one operating. You also have a new city court in Troy. Uh, why was this uh, needed? And again, my constant question, how was that paid for? Well, the uh, new city court was required by Office of Court Administration, New York State uh, Office of Court Administration. And it, this occurred before my time. I presume it was based on caseload that they made a determination that a third court was necessary. For years, we've had two courts. They handle matters like uh, small uh, criminal uh, matters, um, a small claims court, a code court, housing code court, um, landlord-tenant court, things of that nature, uh, parking and and traffic violations. So um, apparently our caseload got to the point where they felt the third judge was necessitated. If you have a third judge, you have to have a third courtroom. Uh, And so the state uh, mandated that we develop a third courtroom. Um, we funded that in part with bond, fine, bond funds, um, but there were also several grants in there as well that we were able to secure to help bring the cost down. Hmm. The uh, city of Troy, we're almost out of uh, time, is working on its comprehensive plan. Uh, where, where do you stand with that? Well, with the, the, the plan is completed, um, and it goes to the city council for its approval, ideally in May. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to having that approved and concluding a, a multi-year uh, project with the plan. And do you have any other infrastructure improvements? Oh, we have. I love infrastructure. I could talk all day about that. Uh, well, I just I feel we have a moral obligation. You well, know, the, the generation that preceded us invested in infrastructure and that benefited us. And Indeed. I think we need to at least maintain it. But yes, we'll be replacing the seawall. 
uh, along uh, the downtown section of Troy this summer. That should start. We're just waiting for the Army Corps of Engineers to approve that. Uh, and that's critical not just for the downtown, but the, su- the I'm sorry, the county's mm-hmm. sewer line interceptor runs along there. So if that wall gave way, we'd have serious problems uh, in Troy and in the Hudson River. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Troy Mayor Patrick Madden on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. This program will be posted soon as a podcast on albanymagic.com and on my website, bobcudmore.com.